Welcome to the Moonshots Podcast. It's episode 151. I'm your co-host, Mike Parsons. And as always, I am joined by the man who knows how to think and grow. It's Mr. Mark Pearson Freeland. Good morning, Mark. Hey, good morning, Mike Money Parsons. <laughs> hey, it's the old bling bling Parsons is in the house. Mark, we are starting a new series and I'm pretty pumped. Yep, this is brand new for you and I and our listeners, Mike. This is our first Moonshots series on money, 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 money. This is a pretty exciting um, extension to the self-improvement and entrepreneurs and authors that we always dig into, isn't it, Mike? This is a bit of a new one for us. A bit of a departure from the normal, but I propose to you, Mark, and to all of our listeners, if you are trying to be the best version of yourself, both professionally and personally, um, you're going to need one thing in modern life, and that's money. And so it's sort of an essential part to, you know, shooting for the moon, but it's also something that, you know, crazy much, we often, you know, I would challenge to you and to our listeners, how many money courses and practical advice and explanations did you receive at high school? Well, very few, if, if any, which is bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. And, and when I was a kid, most families didn't even really kind of like to talk about money. It, it was a bit of a taboo, isn't it? Which is a strange idea because how much of our lives we consider, we review, we want to check out our finances. But for some reason, when you're growing up, it's just something that nobody wants to sort of discuss or openly talk about, do they? It's, it's, it's really crazy. And uh, obviously things have changed somewhat in modern times, but I still propose to you it's a massive issue that is underrepresented. Like if you think about it, what's the biggest killer of a business? Lack of cash and capital. I mean, mm. that's that's why you have to close the doors. And my, you know, it amazes me if we transition to like what happens in our personal lives, here is some amazing numbers. Uh, 10% of Americans 10% are confident that they'll have enough money for retirement. And even more concerning still, one in four Americans gets to retirement and they have zero savings. I'm thinking, Mark, we need to talk about money. We need to manage our money. We need to get in control of this situation, whether you're trying to be great at work or great at home or anywhere in between. Like, I feel like, hey, there's work to be done in this area. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, I totally agree. And that's why, listeners, we're kicking off a brand new series in show 151. Today, we're digging into Napoleon Hill's classic Think and Grow Rich, which Mike is pretty much well known as, uh, as somebody called it the ultimate self-help book. <laughs> the Bible, the first, the greatest. I mean, we're talking about something that is insanely popular. More than 70 million copies have been sold of Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich. And wait for it, Mark. It is written the original transcript was written in 1934, yet it still is a number one ranking book on Amazon. Tell me, is there any other book? Perhaps maybe, I don't know, the Bible <laughs> or the Quran, but I mean, 
this is off the charts. You want to talk about the bedrock, the foundation of self-improvement being the best version of yourself. This comes before Dale Carnegie. It comes before Stephen Covey. I mean, this book was the original. And it's been called the granddaddy of all motivational literature, Mike. I mean, it's a true landmark event, this book. Yeah, and it, it really transcends not only kind of getting in charge of your financial future and your wealth, but it, it sort of transcends that to become, um, you know, almost like realizing your destiny, I would say, in classic terms. It is one powerhouse uh book. We are going to have such a rip-roaring adventure through this book. So Mark, let's get stuck into the story of Napoleon Hill. Where do you want to start? I want to start with a fantastic intro and context setter on Napoleon Hill and his book, Think and Grow Rich by an individual called Bob Proctor. So let's hear from Bob Proctor. Tell us the Napoleon Hill story. That's Napoleon Hill when he was a young reporter working for a magazine. The magazine decided that they were going to write articles on wealth. Hill got the opportunity to spend three hours interviewing Andrew Carnegie. I've often thought of this. I wonder how nervous he would be, how intimidated he would be. He was broke. And here he is sitting down with the wealthiest man in the world at the time. Andrew Carnegie was considered the first billionaire. And... He spent three days with him. Now, unbeknownst to uh, Napoleon Hill, Andrew Carnegie was looking for people. He was looking for a person. Carnegie said he thought it was an absolute crime that people like himself, like Henry Ford, Thomas Edison, um, Harvey Firestone, and all these people who had massed great fortunes, he thought it was an absolute crime they were going to their grave with all this knowledge locked up in their bones. He was looking for someone that would organize this information so that people like you and I could learn it. About halfway through or towards the end of the interview, he thought maybe Hill was the guy he was looking for because he hadn't found anybody yet. So at the end of the interview, he said, Napoleon, this interview isn't ending. It's just beginning. I want you to come home with me. And he took him home. They spent three days together. Yet the end of the three days, he said, Napoleon, I'm going to ask you a question. And I just want a yes or no answer. He said, are you prepared to dedicate the rest of your life to an idea for which you will probably receive no material compensation for at least 20 years? What he didn't tell Hill, he had a stopwatch in his hand. And he only gave him 60 seconds to answer the question. In 25 seconds, he'll said, yes, I will. Now, he said, I want you to go gather information. I will give you letters of introduction. Paul, very, very successful. He became intimate friends with Edison and Ford. Like I'm just explaining, and I want you to put it together in an organized manner so that anyone can do what I've done. Now, I'm going to tell you something. So far as I've been able to determine, Hill Carnegie made maybe 50 millionaires. Napoleon Hill's made millions of millionaires. Wow. Can you imagine going to see Andrew Carnegie as a journalist 
and you're pretty hard up financially and you are meeting a guy that in today's terms is worth almost $12 billion and he says, look, you know, I, I would love you to go around and meet all these other guys like Henry Ford. He's worth a cool $33 billion. Um, I want you to go around and find out their secret formula and to imagine that that invitation sparked a moment where Napoleon Hill, as Bob Proctor was saying, went on to create hundreds, maybe thousands of millionaires from his book, even more millionaires than Andrew Carnegie himself uh, created. What a moment in history, Mark. Yeah, this guy, Napoleon Hill, just a journalist, learning from this individual, the first Andrew Carnegie, technically maybe the first billionaire, as, as Bob Proctor calls out. I mean, what an opportunity for Napoleon Hill to learn from these, these behemoths in, the, in their various industries, learn those secrets, those tips that help them succeed, and package it up, organize the secrets into a package for you and I and our listeners and 70 years worth of readers to dig into and analyze and, and learn from. I mean, what an accomplishment. Really fantastic. And he went around and uh, he talked to a lot of people. I believe, Mark, was the number like, I think uh, when Napoleon Hill was researching the book Am I right in understanding it was like 500 interviews that he did to build the book? I believe it took him about 20 years of interviews to gather all of the different secrets, all of the different laws, and many, many individuals who had amassed huge personal fortunes in order to build it into the Think and Grow Rich uh, mm. book. So just the amount of work that Napoleon Hill put into this tome, this work, which as, as you can figure out, was published during the Great Depression in America. <laughs> it's, it was such a, probably one of the first times all of the thinking, all of the insights from such a breadth of individuals was actually gathered together. Probably one of the first times, Mike. I, I think I think you're absolutely right. And what is crazy is if you think about how much research Napoleon did over those 20 years to write the book, if you think about, you know, we're always blown away like uh, Jim Collins um, spent with his team, you know, six years researching good to great or or any of the academics who spent like four years or they, they did a study uh, for seven years. We're talking about the original here, yeah. Napoleon Hill, 20 years, 500 interviews. And guess what, Mark? He came up with a big idea. He distilled a fundamental truth for financial success and so much more. Are you ready to hear this big idea from Napoleon Hill? Oh, yes, please, Mike. Don't tease it any further. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to have a listen to uh, Manny Vea of 2000 Books um, breaking down the big idea of the heavyweight champion of the world, Napoleon Hill, and his book, Think and Grow Rich. We all have two minds inside of us, the conscious 
and the subconscious. However, in terms of sheer power, the subconscious mind is orders of magnitude more powerful than the conscious mind. There is literally no comparison. If the size of the conscious mind is the size of a microwave oven, the subconscious mind is the size of the Milky Way. It's extremely powerful and the computational resources it has are humongous, millions of times more powerful than the conscious mind. So in order to accomplish your big goals, you need to harness the power of your subconscious mind by programming it with the goal that you want. And how do we harness the power of the subconscious mind and program it for what we want? Well, given the nature of our subconscious mind and the conscious mind, it is not easy to program the subconscious mind, but it is entirely possible. And this book is all about understanding precisely how to do that. Okay, this is breaking it down for us now, Mike, with Mani Vea telling us that the secret that Napoleon Hill really found was understanding the true power of your own subconscious. And once you appreciate that there's a difference between my subconscious in the background, it's powering away, my conscious is obviously what I'm interacting with right now. If you can harness the vastly larger computational power of your subconscious and train it and harness it in order to be more efficient, more focused, you can go out and achieve the same level of perhaps success or the same level of achievements that some of these individuals that Napoleon Hill went out and interviewed. I mean, that's a pretty significant insight that I think Napoleon Hill was able to find, wasn't it? Yeah. It, it, it's almost like he's saying, hey, we, we spend a lot of most of our time in, in conscious thought. And what this book really uncovered is the difference maker is subconscious thought. And, you know, what is pretty crazy is before we, we before we get to the solutions, though, I, I do want to relate to that because I think uh, let's ask ourselves, where do we see ourselves just being kind of stuck in, in conscious thought? And, and for me, the way I relate to that is times where I'm just answering emails, going to meetings, getting to the end of the day, crashing out and doing it all again and lacking uh, time for goal setting, for reflection, uh, for being present. Like I'm just responding to the stimulus around me. I'm just computating at a very tactical level. I'm not doing any reflection. Do you think that's what it looks like when we're just very much in that that conscious uh, approach? That's exactly how I relate to it. So conscious being the immediate reactions to the things around you and not giving yourself and your subconscious or your brain and the true power that you have enough reflection time in order to go out and be a little bit more insightful, a little bit more um, intentional. I think conscious for me is mm -hmm. kind of like, a, like a, an immediate reaction, whereas a subconscious element is something that you can train in order to be to power your consciousness a little bit more efficiently. So you're not just reacting. You're not just shooting mm. from the hip, as they might say. It's almost like um, when you have your intuition signaling something's not right, but you never deal with it. Like that's for me an example of where you're just not you're not um, letting you're not giving enough time to this subconscious uh, that Napoleon Hill discovered that over 500 
incredibly successful people, this was the overriding pattern mark. I mean, we're not, we're not, this is not some hippy trippy, uh, you know, uh, retreat that people do in West coast, California. I'm saying like back in the day, this is the fundamental thing that hundreds of successful people had. This is what Napoleon Hill found that they did to engineer their success. I mean, that's, that's kind of big. Yeah. I mean, the individuals that he actually interviewed, Mike, included, as we heard, Henry Ford, but he also spoke to Theodore Roosevelt Jr. He spoke to John D. Rockefeller, Thomas Edison, Woodrow Wilson, uh, Dr. Alexander Graham Bell, just to name like four or five. These are not the hippies, <laughs> as you say. Mm. These are unbelievably well-known, globally renowned thinkers and successful individuals who, you know, admittedly amass vast fortunes. But the fact that we have the ability to dig into Napoleon Hill's work and think about what he uncovered and the fact that it really stems from this big idea of consciousness versus self-consciousness is, is a, a huge uncovering, isn't it? Mm. Mm. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a lot for us to process here because he's not, he's saying, you know, it's more than just being tactically smart and, you know, managing your time well and hustling through the day. I think he's going deeper and saying, you know, the real unlock is around positive, confident, subconscious, emotional, uh, turbo boosting of yourself. I mean, you know, do you think that's, that's the thing. Is that the question we're going to answer on this show? How do we do that? Yeah, I think today the show 151 on Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich is exactly that. It's helping you and I and our listeners understand how we might be able to harness that deeper power or that deeper focus within us in order to go out and achieve those, uh, those goals and those visions that we probably have either re with regards to mm. money or in mm -hmm. fact, anything that you've got in your, in your professional or home life. Mm. So what we've got coming ahead on this show, Mark, is we're going to get into the power of emotions, visualization, uh, a concept of ultimate commitment called burning the boats. And we're going to discover if, if Napoleon Hill found it's the power of the subconscious mind is the ultimate game changer. We also have the benefit of learning what is the ultimate blocker. What's the thing that's going to stop that from, from happening? So what a great show we've got, Mark. Um, what a treat uh, for us to, to discuss the work of, you know, the granddaddy of self-improvement books. But before we do that, there are a lot of positive vibes coming from you, our members. And Mark, we continue to grow uh, our member list. Look, let's do, why don't you give a shout out to all of our members who've signed up at moonshots.io. Um, let's do a bit of a shout out to all of our members, Mark, because we've really enjoyed all of their uh, messages, all of the things that they've shared. So hit us up with the list. Drum roll, Mark. Drum roll. Do, 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 do. Here is the roll call for our loving and very attentive members on Patreon. Welcoming in Yaniv, Helena, Mark, Byron, Tom, Dietmar, and Ken, Marjolin and Sandy, Neil, Bridie, Terry, John, Niels, and Bob. A big special shout out from myself, Mike, and the Moonshots team 
for all of our members who are joining us every week. And please continue to send us your thoughts, your feedback and recommendations because every single one of them provides us with great inspiration as well as guidance on the show. Big shout out to Justin, who's a new listener who reached out to us. He's um, in a bunch of really important uh, meetings at work uh, over the coming period. And he, he said, you know, he really found the nuggets um, uh, from the from the podcast. He really, really loved them and they were really, really helpful. And so big shout out to Justin. Uh, we really appreciate it when new listeners kind of you know, uh, reach out to us, Mark. It's always good to hear what they enjoy about the show and to make sure that we're doing the right thing. We're like, we're putting together a show that you, our listeners, truly enjoy, uh, that truly appreciate because that's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. We on the Moonshot Show adore digging into these entrepreneurs and authors, uncovering the secrets of the greatest thinkers that are out there, some of whom are, are modern, some of them are classic, like today's show, Napoleon Hill. And when we hear from brand new listeners also enjoying what we're, we're learning and calling out and, and experiencing live with you guys, it really means a lot to us. So please, listeners, whether you're uh, lifetime listeners or brand new, mm-hmm. give us mm-hmm. a little bit of a message because we love to hear from you. And a big welcome to all of the uh, Brazilian listeners. We went rocketing up the uh, podcast charts in Brazil. I think we hit 36 in uh, business and entrepreneurship uh, this week. So big welcome to our Brazilian listeners. Um, tell us what you like about the show. We invite you to give us feedback. Um, maybe there are some great Brazilian superstars that we can study and learn from, Mark. You can, I mean, I'm sure like... I mean, let's just think about their sports athletes uh, for one. Holy smoke. I think we could learn a lot from Brazil. Yeah, I think you're totally right. So please, all of our listeners in Brazil, feel free to get in touch via any of the social media channels. You can even email us at hello at moonshots.io or you become a a member and you'll have access to uh, contact us directly on the member platform. All right. Well, now that we've done... uh, the most important work, which is to welcome you, our listeners, and in a big shout out, special shout out to our members. I think we're now going to go and do some serious work to understand how we can think and grow rich uh, according to this kind of epic uh, piece of work from, from Napoleon Hill himself. I mean, Mark, this is a book that has over 50,000 reviews on uh, Amazon, just to to set the scene here. This is how big this book is. And some 70, 80 years later after its publication, there are literally hundreds of people every week writing things like, this is the best self-help book I've ever read. This is a classic, all this kind of stuff. So I I don't know why it took us 151 shows to get to Napoleon Hill, Mark. Uh, We should, you know, we should sort those hosts out. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. But let's, let's, let's kind of get into this now. Mark, uh, are you ready to do uh, some serious business of learning from Napoleon Hill? I am. I'm really excited uh, to really dig into the actions and the practices of Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. And Mike, this next clip we're going to hear from is from Manny again. And Manny's going to introduce us to Napoleon Hill's lessons on the power of emotions. 
Use the power of emotions to direct your subconscious mind. Now, it is not enough to think about your goals and just repeat them. You must mix those thoughts of your goals with emotions, the emotions you want to feel when the goal will be accomplished. The subconscious mind only understands the language of emotions. Emotionless thoughts do not affect the subconscious mind. That is a fact. It does not understand. The subconscious does not understand the language of logic or reason. So any language you use in order to program your subconscious mind has to involve emotions. You have to feel the feelings in order to be able to program your subconscious mind. You must mix your thoughts with positive emotions or thoughts mixed with negative emotions will unfortunately reach your subconscious mind by default. And thoughts mixed with emotions have a magnetic force to them in the sense that they attract similar thoughts and emotions. Positive emotions will keep on attracting more of those positive thoughts, more of those positive emotions. So your job is to minimize the inflow of negative and disempowering thoughts and emotions and to instead program your subconscious with deliberately designed positive and empowering thoughts, emotions and feelings. And when we can consistently do that, that's when we have the key to unlocking our subconscious mind. Man, like this one deserves a little bit of uh, consideration from us here. So one thing I put, picked up on that, Mark, was he's basically saying that if you're not programming yourself with positive emotions, he's like basically saying, watch out because the negative ones are going to start slipping in. And, you know, it's funny. I think that sometimes you feel like it's a bit cheesy when you try and, you know, pump yourself up a bit, don't you? I think that's the real blocker about uh, thinking positive. Like you're kind of like, oh, this is a little bit, mm. you know, Tony Robbins, don't yeah, you think? Yeah, I, I think that is a bit of a blocker for for me when I'm trying to um, get out of a funk. You know, when you're a little bit stressed or you're feeling a little bit of an, a negative emotion, I think what is being called out in that clip is the fact that they can be magnetic. So if you're in a bit of a funk, and you're you're only focusing, I guess, on the negatives. What you'll end up doing is attracting more negative thoughts. And if you can train yourself to be perhaps that little bit more positive, and you're right, step away from that kind of cheesy uh, standing in front of the mirror trying to pump yourself up. If you can actually harness and accept that that process is actually really valuable, and it does, in doing so, attract more positive thoughts and more positive energy into your, your mindset and your behavior. It can actually be the way to unlock a very, very uh, uh, heightened efficiency in the work that you're going to go out and go out and do. Yeah. So what, what do you, when you want to bring positive thinking, um, into your day. How do you do it, Mark? Like, where do you start? Like when you, I need to pump myself up. I need to remind myself. I need to get positive. How do you do that? Well, I think you've actually just touched on the word. It's, it's reminding. So Mm. again, going back to the, the, the big idea of Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich, the the difference uh, and harnessing the power of the subconscious versus the conscious. When you're in quite a conscious mode, you're only focusing on the here and now, aren't you? And mm. by reminding myself of, uh, you know, positives, hey, remember that project that went really well, or remember you're in control of this situation if you choose to. Remember that you can achieve this success because you've done it before. And it's essentially 
kind of using mantras, actually. That's my little little hack, Mike. I'll go into mm-hmm. my Todoist app, or maybe I'll open up my journal. I mean, I've got a little whiteboard in my home office that I'll write up mm. mantras on occasionally. Mm. When I refer back to those, or even little post-it notes, those are great. You can just scribble something down and leave it on the desk. When you are in a bit of a, a funk or you're in a really conscious mode and way of thinking, you can glance at that. And suddenly, for me, it's kind of like grounding myself a little bit and remembering the bigger picture. Mm. It's, it's like, um, it's like, a, like a workout. An essential workout for the mind is positive thinking because this positive thinking over time, this continual practice primes the subconscious into positive emotion and positive emotion creates positive outcomes. Is that, is that the formula? Yeah, I really think I perform better when I'm working in a team uh, and for those around me when they're interacting with me, if I'm in a positive uh, mind frame, if I'm, if I'm in a positive kind of mood, and I don't mean positive, you know, jumping around the office. Uh, but what I mean is I'm willing to hear new ideas. I'm positive that other people have a point of view that is really valuable. You're more mm. willing to hear the other side's point of view because you're in a, a positive and therefore um, welcoming environment. Mm. Yeah, so, so I think um, it's like... Um, you need to, I think the message in this book and what we have to do as a practice is to proactively embrace positive thinking, just like we might say, oh, I have to walk every day. I have to run every day. I have to exercise every day. Because if we don't do this, Napoleon Hill is saying, well, you actually give opportunity for negative space in the subconscious, mm. right? And um, Unless you work on being positive, and and it comes right back to our resilience uh, series that we just finished, which is makes this the perfect kind of bridge between the two series. Um, unless you do this, you're going to be in for all sorts of subconscious um, bad vibes. You know, you will just not have a glow about you. You will not have a, a kind of a skip in your, in your step. Mm. So, you know, I think w- what's really interesting here is that we need to, to find ways to continually prime ourselves to be positive because positive emotion is what gets through to the subconscious. You can't be, um, uh, cerebral and, and reasoned with your subconscious because that's what you're doing in your conscious. So you need to actually like uh, like um, bathe your your subconscious in positivity. And one of the things that I like to do is to remind myself, like I have my my different mantras written down. I love to um, um, go back to those and to remind yourself of what you were good at. Hmm. And one of the, one of the really empowering things that I found is I did a strengths finder, which by the way, Mark, we should do that on the show. Um, and strengths finder is a book and it has an online analysis tool that goes with it. And it basically tells you, you know, who you are in terms of the way you work, sort of a personality analysis. It's 
kind of similar to 16personalities.com. And, um, you know, I found that very powerful to get sort of a picture of myself and to be able to remind myself of my most positive, the best version of myself. Um, and I still have these, and I did this some 10, 15 years ago. I still have these um, as little manifestations of little positive mantras that um, that I can actually use. So the profile that StrengthsFinder gave me is it says I'm an arranger, an individualizer, an achiever, maximizer, and a learner. And so I, I still return to these 10, 15 years later after reading the book as a way of confirming to myself and giving my subconscious positive um, emotions. This becomes like my bedrock, particularly if I'm tired, if I'm facing a lot of challenge, I go back to these. This is my, my sanctuary. This is how I get positive vibes, positive emotions going back into my subconscious a la Napoleon Hill style. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds really, really uh, positive. I mean, I've done the 16 personalities online test and I find them very, very revealing. And the reason why I kind of like them is that it helps me notice some of the things that maybe I, uh, it makes me unique that perhaps I take for granted. So for example, the one that you were just calling out there, a bit of an organizer, that's something that's perhaps more unique to yourself than it is to, to me, for example. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we might share some traits, some DNA, but there might be differences between the way that we work. And I think it's a really valuable technique and format and almost template to go out and, and check those out because you're then able to notice those strengths. So for example, Napoleon Hill calling out the strength of the subconscious. If you can find those little strengths and you can remind yourself, hey, you're really good at doing this. Suddenly the positive energy that we were hearing in that last clip is going to be elevated because we know that that could be a unique thing that we're able to bring to the team, bring to a meeting room, bring to a particular project. Absolutely. And th this kind of, um, really sets the scene for, for the other work in Napoleon Hill's book, uh, Think and Grow Rich. Um, now, I, I love, uh, there is this anecdote, Mark, in um, many kind of histories and mythologies of um, uh, different cultures about this idea of burning the boats. And Napoleon Hill uses this uh, to convey another really important topic in his book, so let's now turn our ears towards um, this story of Napoleon Hill and Manny is going to break this down for us and it's all about burning the boats. Now let me tell you the story of Spanish conqueror Hernan Cortes back in the 1500s to really explain what it means to burn the boats. When Hernan Cortes's warships arrived on what was then the Aztec Empire, he had clear intentions of fighting the Aztecs and conquering that area of what is now modern-day Mexico. However, he quickly realized that his army was badly outnumbered, almost to the ratio of 1 to 100. 
and he saw that his soldiers were starting to hesitate and thinking of retreating in case the war did not go according to plan. So in order to get the very best out of his soldiers, in order to get them to win, he ordered his men to burn their boats. And once the boats were burned, there was no way of retreating. The soldiers knew very clearly that they only had two options, either win or die. There was no other way out, do or die. And that created a burning obsession inside of them to win and to live. And that is why his army went on to win the war, even though they were outnumbered one to hundred. Now that is the power of burning the boats. It quickly gets us to harness the power of our subconscious mind because when our survival is at stake, the subconscious mind brings all its power to bear on a given situation. In those situations, we become unstoppable. So if you want to create a burning, obsessive, pulsating desire for something, if you really want to program your subconscious mind with your goal, you need to cut off all other paths of retreat. You need to cut off all other possibilities. You have to go all in just one option. And sometimes these situations are externally manufactured for us. For example, you are running out of money in your venture and you have a clear deadline by which you must make the business work or the business will die. Many great entrepreneurs have actually credited those moments as the ones that really turned their businesses around. At other times, we have to burn the boats ourselves when there are no external um, manufactured situations available to us. And one of the ways you can do that is to publicly commit to a goal. Or another way to do that is to create real deadlines with real consequences if the goal is not accomplished. Whatever you do to burn the boats, make sure that it leads to a state of burning obsession where you are almost obsessively thinking about the goal. You need that fire. You need that obsession. You need that in order to program your subconscious mind. And that is what will trigger you to greatness. There's two key thoughts, Mike, that stand uh -huh. out to me in that clip. Uh, one of them is quite a practical bit of advice for anybody uh -huh. running a project or starting to do a, uh, create a business. And that's to have, you know, deadlines and timelines and roadmaps really commit to uh, like an end goal so that you can hold yourself accountable and get the project or the product out there. Because without a timeline, as we all know, you end up kind of putting it on the back burner. So mm -hmm. without having, you know, an intentional effort to get it out there live into the world, it might drag a little bit. And that's quite a practical bit of advice. But mm -hmm. the other lesson that I think we're, we're hearing in that story is a reminder that challenges are opportunities. So mm -hmm. the challenge okay. of not having a path out of there, whether it's in a business context or whether it's, you know, you're, you're landing in the land of the Aztecs and you're trying to figure out <laughs> which way to go, uh, whether to go home or not. You, you can see the, that story and that story, the challenge that they had was, well, we, we don't have any other choice. So therefore they were able to turn this real challenge, this obstacle into an opportunity to motivate themselves and to go mm -hmm. out and achieve that goal. And I think that's probably for me, the key call out there, which is when you have something forced upon yourself, maybe it's a challenge, maybe it's uh, an, an, an issue, whatever it might be, that actually is going to be an opportunity for you to go out and achieve perhaps a better solution based on the fact that you've only kind of got one way of doing it. Yeah. It's a story of commitment, isn't it? And you should, 
be absolutely committed to it. If you if you actually really want to take the island, burn the boats. Isn't that great? Yeah, it's a great it's a great little metaphor, isn't it? I like that. <laughs> and you know, it goes back uh, in in a lot of different cultures. Uh, the Vikings were famous for burning boats. Um, you know, it's 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 all about that that commitment. Um, and really, uh, if you want to see prosperity, wealth, and success coming your way, like get behind it. Like one of the great, um, uh, bits of advice I was given when, uh, I was living in San Francisco and I was doing a lot of work in the startup community and a venture capitalist told me, you know, one of the great signs of startup failure is imminent is when one of the founders is consulting on the side. Ah. And I'm like, okay, tell me more about it. And he was basically, look, so, if someone has the argument, look, I can't afford to to do the startup, so what I'll do is I'll consult on the side, and then I'll be a part time, you know, co founder because we're starting without any funding. And he's like, if the founders can't get together for three months and be all in and mm. burn the boats, this thing's never working. And so he, whenever he heard that a founder was doing that, he was like, no. Nah, not touching that because they weren't fully committed. They were still like, oh, I'm not really risking anything because I'm doing the consulting on the side. And he was like classic, classic negative signal about, about the, uh, the future outcomes for the startup. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And, and you know what? It makes sense, doesn't it? Because well, it when does, you've got right? that, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go so far as to say a distraction, you know, when you, when you're, working on something else and you're not able to give it your full uh, attention and let's say love, you know, you might find that it is a distraction in the sense that it, you can't give it your full effort. And again, yeah. you're yeah. going back to this big idea of, of think and grow rich. Mm-hmm. Unless you're giving it the power of your subconscious as well as your conscious, if you're giving it only your conscious thinking, then you're not going to go out and succeed the level that you probably could do. Then it's always mm. going to be a little bit limited. And mm. I think that's what that mm. story really calls out. Mm. Mm. Okay. It's, it's um, like invaluable, isn't it? It's, it's like, it's amazing. These life lessons that Napoleon wrote about growing rich and, and they, they really truly are like uh, self-improvement mantras, aren't they? Yeah. And I think that's the power of this book. Yes. It's, focused around financial achievements and the individuals that he, uh, the hundreds of of individuals that he interviewed for the book had amassed, you know, huge wealth. Mm. I think the truth is that any of these lessons, even if we're not in similar industries as the people that he had interviewed for Think and Grow Rich, the lessons are still absolutely true, no matter what you're trying to achieve, whether it's in medicine, whether it's in uh, business or innovation or anything else. I think the truth is that all of this, these powers of the emotion, putting yourself in a position where you can't back out, giving it your full attention and working and therefore working hard are mm. true across any of those industries. And really, really are really, really are. Well, I tell you who, who else is fully committed and that's our members, Mark. And our members were super lucky because just a few days ago, uh, our members got the next installment 
of our Moonshots Master Series. So we only uh, share the Moonshot Master Series, which is a whole separate podcast with our members. Mark, um, we spent a lot of time talking about habits and we finally produced quite the masterclass, didn't we? I felt it was a very, very comprehensive deep dive into the power of habits. So not only, Mike, were we trying to get inspired by the likes of Tom Brady and Tim Ferriss, we actually dug into how to cultivate habits that you and I and our members can put into action every single day. So Mm. in the latest episode over in our Moonshots members section on Patreon, Episode four, the habits and how to create good daily habits is officially live for all of our members to go and check out. And boy, I mean, we covered some classics. We got Doohig, Brady, Ferris, Kahneman, Covey, James Clear. We even uh, found a new kind of guru from which we can learn. That's Robin Sharma. So we have some thoughts uh, from him. We've got some downloads on how to create uh, good daily habits, full transcript. Um, and it's also great to see that our, our members are starting to share thoughts on each of these uh, Moonshots Master Series. So if you, our listeners, if you would love to support us, um, for example, your contribution, your membership helps us pay for all of our hosting, which we uh, still, we don't have enough members to pay for all of our different hosting like our website and all of our podcast hosting. So we need your support. Um, We would love your support. We'll produce a great show for you every single week um, to help you be the best version of yourself. And we'd really appreciate it if, like our latest member, Yaniv, if you could become a member and support us. It's like a dollar a week. It's, it's, It's really very little. That helps us on our mission. And it's also a signal that we're doing the right thing for you, our listeners. So we really would appreciate it. Go over to moonshots.io, click on the big members button and the rest will be your destiny. And talking about destiny, uh, it's something that you need to bring to life. It's something you need to visualize. And once again, Napoleon Hill has thinking here. So let's have a listen to Manny breaking down the power of visualization. In order to program our subconscious mind, we must see and feel the goal as if the goal is already accomplished, that you already have what you desire. Ask yourself, how would you act if you had already accomplished your goal? How would you feel? What would you do? What feelings would dominate your mind? The key to visualization is to actually be able to see and feel yourself as having already accomplished the goal rather than thinking of it as a distant possibility. So if you have a goal of making a million dollars by December 31st of next year, visualize yourself on December 31st as having already accomplished that goal. Don't think of it as something you would like to accomplish in the future. That is creating the feeling of not having the goal right now. Instead, feel that it is December 31st of next year right now and you have already accomplished the goal. So this is a big new build, I think, Mike, Mm -hmm. on the power of visualization, which you and I and our listeners are probably aware of the concept of, of putting something in your mind, seeing it in front of you and going out and chasing that goal. But I think the difference that Napoleon Hill is calling out here is actually feeling, again, going back to that earlier clip right. about the power of emotions, right. feeling how you would be once you've achieved it. So rather than, you know, 
trying to see the roadmap. Obviously, that's going to be very, very important, the journey in order to get you from point A to point B. But actually placing yourself in this mindset of, oh, you know, I've already achieved, in that example, a million dollars by New Year's Eve. How are you Mm going to feel? Well, maybe you'll feel positive. Maybe you'll feel confident. You can then utilize those emotions and that, that feeling in your subconscious to power your decisions right now. Mm. He says, he says in the book that visualization and belief in the attainment of desire, these are the powerful steps to your riches. And he goes on to talk about like, whatever the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. Again, this is just reinforcing that big, big idea of think and grow rich, isn't it? Reinforcing mm-hmm. the power of your subconscious, and by cultivating a uh, a visualized and positive mindset and foundation, only then can you go out and achieve perhaps those those dreams that you're starting to visualize. Mm. Mm. And I think this is um, coming back to some of the earlier thoughts. If you want to get committed and you want to unlock the power of emotions in the subconscious, it's the visualization practice that gets you there, isn't it? Yeah. And I think what, what I think is another build on the visualization lesson that we're learning here, it's not to create a feeling of disappointment, is it? It's not saying, oh, well, I don't have my million dollars yet. Instead, instead you're, you're growing accustomed to the idea that, okay, well, I'm working towards New Year's Eve, 31st of December. Mm-hmm. And if I can imagine how I'll feel at that point, well, maybe I'll look back and say, wow, I put in so much hard work. I feel very achieved. I feel very positive. I think it's not about putting yourself in a position now where you're kind of dreaming of having it and therefore you're a little bit disappointed that you don't have it yet. You're setting more of an expectation that, yeah, it'll take that little bit of time. But by having that powerful driver and that positive emotion present, you're then going to be able to go out and utilize that strength Mm. and the drive that you've got inside you in order to try and go out and achieve it. Yeah, it's it's like a, a crucial... A crucial step in the way. And, and I think visualization, um, you know, unlocking your subconscious thoughts and getting committed, they're all so deeply interrelated. I think one of the takeaways that I'm having is like, oh my gosh, how much you need to work on these. I think I've perhaps uh, over the recent time been a little bit lazy on the positive thinking. I think I've been more about like the habits mm. and less about the motivation, less about the, the, uh, the visualization, like, and unlocking that, that, that subconscious. Um, it's, it's kind of funny. I mean, you, you, you would imagine in the clarity of a sports contest, people would be positive and trained and well-prepared, but sometimes life, we just slip out of our, our positive habits, don't we? It's very, very easy to fall into a pattern of, um, you know, quite negative thinking, I guess. I guess mm-hmm. you could, as a blanket statement, you can fall into, well, why don't I have it yet? Why isn't mm. the project happening? Why isn't the weather really sunny? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. these things that are perhaps out of your control, you'll, you'll start to focus on. And I think that's why, you know, particularly our habit series for members as well as our, our recent um, 
series on resilience were, were so powerful, Mike, because we were able to really dig into what drives us and how we can, you know, utilize our own strengths in order to, you know, keep, keep going forward. But I think you're right. This idea of visualization is perhaps something that I haven't really done too much of recently either. And I think this is something that is a reminder to me that to really unlock the, that power of the subconscious as we're learning, as well as the power of having good goals in mind, working towards where you want to be. It's something that you, you don't necessarily want to put to one side and kind of forget about. There's a lot of value Mm. in having a good visualized process in place. Well, it's, it was when we did the motivation series, uh, show for the, for the master series, which available for all our members, um, you'll remember that we talked about like motivation is like makes total sense. And you're like, oh, I kind of don't really work on maintaining my motivation. Right. And Mm -hmm. it, what we're learning here, Napoleon Hill is like, basically if you're not continually um, stimulating your subconscious with positive thought in the absence of that, it's not neutral. It becomes negative. Mm. Yes. Exactly. If you're not constantly working on seeing that positive, and and I'd go so far, Mike, as to say gratitude, um, keeping a journal of of what you are learning, mm-hmm. what you're enjoying, mm-hmm. are ways of cultivating that positive or that positivity in your yeah. in your kind of reflections, right? And one of the themes that we've learned when we were doing Power of Now and How to Stop Worrying by Dale Carnegie, we learned that if you want to be happy, start being happy, start smiling. Yeah. Like it is so fundamental and intrinsic. Like do not underestimate when in doubt, smile. <laughs> isn't It seems so simple, but it's something that we all forget about, isn't it? <laughs> oh gosh. Oh gosh. It's like we're in a battle uh, against ourselves and our laziness and our bad habits. And we have to com- keep reminding ourselves of how to be the best version of ourselves. Thank goodness we have a, a podcast that helps us do that, Mark. <laughs> exactly. Thank goodness. Right. Well, listen, there is one more thought that we have from Napoleon Hill and it's perhaps the granddaddy of them all, because we've talked so much about how to get on track, how to get committed, positive thoughts, visualizing success. But it would only be appropriate that on this last clip that we listen to what is actually the greatest obstacle to overcome if we want to think and grow rich. Procure a neat pocket-sized notebook or something on the order of this one here, loose leaf affair. And on uh, page one, write down a clear description of your major desire in life. The one circumstance or position or thing which you will be willing to accept as your idea of success. And remember before you begin writing that your only limitations are those which you set up in your own mind or permit others to set up for you. And two, on page two of your notebook, Write down a clear statement of precisely what you intend to give in return for that which you desire from life. And then start in right where you stand now to begin giving. And three, memorize both of your statements, what you desire and what you intend to give in return for it. And repeat them at least a dozen times daily. And always end your statements with this expression of gratitude for the blessings with which you were gifted at birth. 
I mean, hearing from Napoleon Hill himself, Mike, giving us this secret source to achieving this uh, way of harnessing the subconscious in order to go out and be the best version of ourselves seems like a perfect bookend to the Think and Grow uh, uh, episode that we've done today, Mike. And to me, it's all about ownership, reminding yourself and holding yourself accountable Mm. along with, with mantras. Mm, very much so. And, and I love that he, he brings, if you want uh, things from the world, you must give to it. Um, I love like how he puts you on the spot. What are you giving? And the other thing that stood out to me was apart from the fact that if anybody didn't believe us that he wrote this book in 1934, I think the quality of that audio should suggest (laughs) that it does in fact Napoleon Hill (laughs) was around a long time ago. Um, The other thing here is uh, he said that you should repeat your, like your self-defining vision and mantras, your purpose 12 times a day, Mark. I I must admit, Mike, uh, I, I probably don't currently do that. Uh, but I think having known the context of Napoleon Hill's work, the 20 years he spent studying and interviewing these individuals, if this is the secret source that he's calling out, I mean, boy, who am I to, to turn down repeating my mantras 12 times a day, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, wow. 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 Well, Mark, we've gone to the granddaddy and we've taken a lot uh, from his body of work. And I thought it was great to end on, on Napoleon himself. So I want to throw you the big question. Um, what, what's the one thing that changes having heard this, having done this show together, what, what changes after exploring Napoleon Hill think and grow rich? Well, I, I think it's the connection that we've seen to, you know, Eckhart Tolle, and the idea of ownership around your your subconscious, actually. And I think the power of emotions for me, you know, really understanding the magnetism that positive and negative thoughts have on my behavior and my reaction to things is a huge deal. And I think that connects quite nicely into the final clip we heard from Napoleon himself talking about yourself being the only limit that you can encounter. If I'm Mm. able to harness a slightly more positive um, approach, a positive way of thinking to my day-to-day as well as my my work life, I feel as though that's the secret source that can help me, you know, think and possibly even grow rich based on Napoleon's research. Mm. Mm. It's, um, oh, there's just so much in it, yeah. isn't it? Like that insight of just priming your emotional self, like that's huge. And, and having read the book a long, quite a long time ago, like it just comes back to me so much even stronger now. And then when I hold myself accountable, I'm like, yeah, I'm not seeing my, my affirmations, mantras, yeah. my purpose 12 times a day. So I've got work to do, Mark. <laughs> I think we all do. Well, Mark, I want to say thank you. Thank you to you for helping us uh, enjoy this masterpiece, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And thank you to you, our listeners, and a special thanks to our members. Today, we got a real treat. 
Together we learnt out loud and we went to Napoleon Hill who did 500 interviews over 20 years with titans of industry and he came back with this big idea, the power of subconscious. And then he gave us some very, very important advice on how we can make ourselves not only positive but successful, how to become the best version of ourselves. He said deliberate emotional visualizations to prime our subconscious, number one. And it's not only seeing it, it is feeling the emotion. This is what will help us realize our dreams. And he said, you have to get committed. You need to burn the boats if you want to take the island. And it is critical to visualize and feel your dreams, not just once, not just twice, but 12 times a day. And the greatest barrier to achieving the very best for yourself, for thinking and growing rich, the biggest barrier will be your own self. So overcome it. Take this as a daily practice, a daily habit, a daily lifestyle where you continue to prime yourself with positivity to get 100% committed to do the best things that you can possibly do in this world. And if there was ever a book that celebrates what we're all about here, it is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. So I hope you really, really enjoyed going deep on an absolute epic masterclass today on the Moonshots podcast. That's a wrap.